0: Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. Today is July 28, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking to Mina Savari. The actor, best known for her breakout roles of Heather in American Pie and Angela in American Beauty, is the author of a new memoir, The Great Peace. In the book, Savari reveals the truth about her life when the cameras weren't rolling and the red carpets were rolled up. Savari reveals she was raped by a man she refers to as Tyler when she was just 12 years old. What followed, despite a seemingly glamorous life in Hollywood, were years of drug and alcohol abuse, sexual and emotional trauma, and two marriages that ended in divorce. Now 42, Savari has been married to set decorator and prop master Michael Hope for two years. She gave birth to their first child, son Christopher, in April. I caught up with Savari over Zoom from her manager's office in Beverly Hills. But before we get to the interview, let's take a peek inside this week's Just for Variety column. I was at Disneyland on Saturday night covering the premiere of Jungle Cruise, the family adventure film based on the ride of the same name starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Jack Whitehall, who plays Emily's character's brother, McGregor, in the film, tells me he also auditioned to play Prince Eric in director Rob Marshall's upcoming live adaptation of The Little Mermaid. He put himself on tape for the job with his mom, actor Hilary Gish, playing the Little Mermaid. That That's I hope I don't never see. It's really fucked up. Like me flirting with my mom, and she's doing. It. I, I know not I flirting I with I your mom as a the little, little mermaid. mermaid. Everything about it was wrong. I can't watch the film now. It's too traumatic.
1: Have you, you spoken?
0: Have you spoken to, you? Wrong. It's you spoken wrong. to your therapist <laughs> about that? I know there's some dark stuff. That was Jack Whitehall. Jungle Cruises and in theaters and on Disney Plus on July 30th. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do?
1: So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: Welcome back. Here's Mina Savari. Let's start at the beginning. Of the title of the book, "The Great Peace." Explain what that means.
1: Well, so I talk about in the in the beginning of the book how after I met my husband Mike. Um, we started to build our lives together. And, um, when I decided to, you know, change up my living environment, I wanted to, you know, remodel my style. I wanted things that weren't so like hard and edgy. I wanted softer, more natural things in my life. And, um, I, I got rid of my storage unit. And when I did, I had a bin in there, which was like, just my life it was like this one little sad bin that would travel with me everywhere. And I had my diary in there. Um, it, the diary is like one of those small um, uh, it's like a turquoise fabric that you know you would would have the little um, red um, kind of like,
0: Page saver, yeah. yeah,
1: and it was the kind of diary, I bought it in Chinatown, you know, it was like <laughs> one of those, and um, and then I had this yellow felt covered ring binder, and that I had started to write out my poems, and I put photos, like I used to walk around Burbank with this disposable Kodak camera, and I would just, you know, capture like how I saw life back then. And I would put those photos alongside the poems. And then that graduated into um, a red binder. And this like red school binder, um, I had typed up about 60 pages on a typewriter, the old school, typewriter, <laughs> the poems and stories that I had. And I called it the great piece. That's what I, that's the name that I gave it back then. So this was like 95, 96. And it was like a compilation of all of my poems and some short stories and things like this. Um, So when I found that binder, you know, initially I thought, well, I want to publish that, you know, just in and of itself. It felt like a creative way to do it. Maybe it felt Mm -hmm. safer. Like I could Mm -hmm. kind of share, but it wasn't like all of it. It wasn't like first person, you know? Right. And then after that, you know, I sat down with um, a friend and, and when they were, you know, looking at this binder and they're reading these poems and they're ambiguous, I would share some of the stories that were around it, you know, around that poem, because in that binder, I had even like time stamped them. I had even, you know, not just the date, I put like 8.42 a.m., like crazy (laughs) stuff. So when I shared that with them, it, it came down to... They felt like I should tell it all then, mm. instead of just publish this poetry book, share my story and write my write it as my memoir. And then I thought, well, okay, I don't, now that <laughs> like I'm really gonna be telling it, and um, I just yeah, I think it's also just a process of me not being afraid anymore. It's like so symbolic of all of it. Because that's all I was doing was constantly thinking, like, well, no, I have nothing to say, well, nobody will care in everything in my life. Um, so it's a bit confusing, but I try to communicate to people that it was just this process of, of like, you know, what I was experiencing in my personal life and, you know, that growth and then the opportunities that I got in my work and how those influenced me. Mm. And I just got to this place, I was like, I'm done. You're just done, Mm. I don't know, you can only like put so much, right? Like sweep so much under the carpet and you're just like, I gotta get it out. (laughs) I need space, right? I need space for the new growth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when you talk a lot, you know, a theme I think throughout the book is you talk about acting your way through, you know, you're an actor, but you you were not only acting professionally, you were acting personally. You know, everyone thought you had this wonderful, glamorous life, you have this beautiful starlet, everything's great, and you had to put on that front. Was there a point when you realized like that was happening or did it just happen and over time, you're like, wait a minute.
1: No, it did. And I mean, I feel like I, I, to me, I had like a midlife crisis at 20 or, Mm -hmm. you know, after American Pie and American Beauty and when I was in the relationship with Robert, for sure. Cause all of a sudden I was just like thrust into this situation, this position that like, you know, I'm more than grateful for, it's all I've ever known, Right. but I didn't understand it. And it wasn't something that like, I felt like I was particularly working towards. Mm. I was happy to have a job. I thought everything was that successful. I truly thought that. I feel like every time I've said that, no one really hears me. No one Mm. really understands that mentality because I must have wanted to be famous. I must have, but so many of these things just like hit when I had no clue, you know, who I was or any of that. And I had none of the time or space to evaluate any of that. It was just sort of like go.
0: And who do you who I do you know. turn? You know, it's not like you, know, it's not like you're starting off in Hollywood and they're like, okay, here's the handbook for when you become famous.
1: <laughs> who do you
0: turn to? Or is there a moment where you just say to family or friends, like, what is this?
1: Well, this is what I mean in in, in trying to kind of like how the process is for me when I go back and even looking at the book. Mm-hmm. There was always like a moment where I was saved. I always got like just enough, you know, Mm. with Tyler. And it got to the point where, well, then I got to Minneapolis and I got away and then I met Mm. Robert. I don't know. Like if I didn't have acting or had any of those resources with Tyler, I don't know where I would have gone if I didn't have any of that to put myself into where it paid off. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had anything else to do. I don't know where I would have gone. That's why I try to always find the gratitude, you know, in it because there's been so many beautiful moments and, and I'm grateful for all of that along the way. Right. Like that's why I don't want to be a victim. That's why I want to move on from it. That's Mm -hmm. why I want to do something productive with it. You know,
0: how hard was it? I mean, you talk vividly and, honestly and so truthfully about sexual abuse obviously you know substance abuse how hard was it to go back and relive those moments I mean really the book?
1: it's it's still hard I mean that's the thing it's not like I just finished this book and it's over you know right. it's still there and I mean even I I originally wrote too much we had to kind of shape this right. into like a format um and so it was like a, an extra long editing process because of that. I had to go back and like, you know, it was a lot okay. of work. Um, but I remember that moment of, okay, starting the editing process. And first thing when I got to KJ, it's like, pff, I'd stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all there. It's very much there. Um, I have a lot of practice around how to handle it now, but mm-hmm. it's still very much there. Um, you know, so that's, yeah.
0: What, what was the hardest moment, the hardest moment or the hardest times to revisit?
1: What's your revisit? Um, I mean, I feel like so much of it came from then because that was really the beginning. I was so young then. And it's that I can, I can go back now and I can, see it right I can see that behavior beginning to unfold it all makes sense mm-hmm. so um yeah I mean that's heartbreaking <laughs> it's everything it's so many different things but um but then I ultimately just try to focus on what I'm gonna do with it and where I'm at now I mean that's the point because I've lived with that for so long and and none of that's ever changed and I talk about that in the book too right like how I ended up running into Tyler yeah and how i got like nothing out of it so ultimately mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's um i think i mentioned it too like it's not that i got apologies from anyone right and i right. might never <laughs> yeah.
0: and does that matter in the end yeah yeah does it that, that's, does that, that's, does, that ma- does that matter to you to get apologies from people who hurt you
1: <laughs> i mean that's the big question um It's a really good question because it's like, I guess if you were to say it does, then you, it it feels like you need that validation in some way, right? But you really don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's kind of, I guess overall, you know, no. You know that I wouldn't get it and that's not the point, right?
0: Who did, who did you let read the book before anybody else did? Were there people who you said, you know, I need you to read this before I go with it?
1: No one really has. There, mm. I have uh, some friends that know of it and they um, know of the moments that I talked about with them mm. and have their blessing, but no, one's, no one has, um, yeah, no.
0: are you nervous that's why are you nervous
1: um that's a very interesting question because i've been asked this and i've like thought about it a lot and i mean like on one hand sort of like what would i be nervous about because that really wasn't my intention
0: it's Mm -hmm. not like i had
1: the intention to like write this book and i was like i'm so sure i'm gonna make a difference Mm -hmm. um it's that i desperately needed to do it so just indirectly if there's any benefit that's a beautiful thing but I can't be nervous about sharing my story it's like why would I be nervous about finally living my life yes that's absolutely terrifying to me but that's a great conversation to have like why is it so scary that I feel like I can like, you know that if I finally want to talk about experiences that I've had in my life is it only scary because of how I believe I need to consider myself and is that only because it's been shaped by how other people have considered me you know Mm -hmm. so probably not because I feel like it depends on like what space I want to live in I felt so compelled to write this and and I had to share my story because I referred to it as like my ode to the universe I'm not really here for I don't know, any other particular person or purpose. I mean, I feel like that's why we're here is to communicate with one another and hopefully learn from one another and inspire and grow with one another. Mm. So I don't want to just sit in a place of being nervous because then I would I would sort of communicate that I was doubting myself and I don't want to do that anymore, right? right? It is what it is. And it all doesn't even make sense to me. It's just something that I had to do, that I had to finally address. And that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good to do. Because, yeah, the alternative was just so exhausting.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) For so
1: long, just kind of acting like everything was fine and... It was like nothing. You... There was nothing like real I could add to the mix, you know, because I could never really like draw upon any of it. Right.
0: <laughs> Did you? Were you scared that people would find out your truth?
1: Oh yeah. There. Yeah, and I talk about that, um, like in moments where I'd run into these women that I had slept with, you know, mm-hmm. in, at, the, at the grocery store, and how it was so uncomfortable, and because I was like famous now, it was like so. I just, I just. I just, um, I ran away into that identity and kind of left, you know, all that behind, like none of that really happened. So it was too embarrassing and shameful. And again, like it's, it's just to point out, cause I think it's so important. And, and I feel like for the most part, it hasn't been this case, but it's so important that people know that. And I, I tried to construct it properly and wording it is that it's not like I'm against any of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. sexual exploration great awesome it's just that I felt like I never really had the the opportunity to decide you know just sort of like swept up into it and um it was just this like horrible conditioning Mm -hmm. um And that's the thing that I wanted to have a conversation about, of how I don't feel like that's healthy. If you're not like proactively a part of something. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, because there's, there's no point in the book where I felt like you were giving a, it wasn't a judgment on whatever, like you said, the exploration is. The judgment and the shame and the fear and what have you comes from the fact that you weren't given a choice.
1: But I like, but that, thank you, that means so much to me. And, and yet it's, it's that I lost so much time in my life feeling that way. Mm. And that's what happens, you know?
0: I mean, the, the line went in the chapter where you write about American beauty and you're talking about your first day or your first, first scene that you're shooting and you wrote, on any typical day in my real life, I was fragile, scared, vulnerable, desperate, confused, depressed, and feeling worthless. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to hear those words now? Is it, could you believe it's you almost?
1: Yeah, I no, I mean, it is, it's very painful. And I, yeah, I know that feeling. Um, it was just, a, it was just so, it was just surreal because um, I was experiencing being regarded as everything opposite that at the same time like which one do you believe right
0: (laughs) it just it must have felt schizophrenic in a way just
1: uh, (laughs) for sure
0: yeah i mean listen with my with my personal experience with my recovery and my addiction you know i was active in my addiction i had a great career everything was wonderful and it was you're leading this yeah. Double life physically, yeah. and but I think what was worse was emotionally.
1: Yeah, and I try to like I talk about these moments like when my virginity was stolen, and I have a bladder infection, and I'm just given like birth control and antibiotics, and then you know I'm clearly my back's breaking out because I'm on hard drugs here. I don't even know yeah. what I'm putting up my nose. I just put on mm-hmm. antibiotics. So if I were to make any kind of assumption, what's communicated to that individual is no one gives shit, no one's gonna ask. Right. So, you know, why are you gonna talk about it? Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was like commonplace. If you don't know what else exists out there.
0: Right.
1: And you feel kind of, you um, exhausted over the fight I think he was sort of relent right
0: sometimes it's easier
1: yeah and I had those moments especially with Tyler I write about that where I thought well all my stuff's here and I have nowhere to go you know and it's interesting to me because like even in this process too and talking to people now and they would remind me or share with me because I had forgotten, that, um, I had come across as like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. very much a part of it too. And that's why it's not a blame game. It's not just right. what, it's not something, but you know, I obviously wasn't then, but I was also doing enough work um, to just pretend like I was.
0: Right. Do you, you, you look back at American beauty, you look back at American pie, obviously, um, Two projects that completely changed your life in many ways. Is it hard to look at those projects now, just knowing what you were going through when you were making them and when you were reaping the benefits of them?
1: Mm, I mean, it, I don't want to look at it like that. Mm. Challenging. The word hard, you know, that particular word, I don't want it to be that way. Um, I'm very Aquarian like that. <laughs> I'm always sort of no. just like, let me pull all the way back and see it from over here, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I always try to apply that. It just, it helps me. I think it's healthier, you know?
0: Do you remember when you realize what, I know you write in the book when all of a sudden people are recognizing you.
1: Mm.
0: Is that the moment where you're like, did you know your life was going to change then? Or no, then? no it, one gives you a handbook?
1: No, I just, it just felt uncomfortable. Mm. I remember feeling... You know, when when a girl asked me if she could have my autograph to get photo with me on this football field while we're filming Sugar and Spice because they recognize me from American Pie, I remember thinking, "Why?
0: Mm.
1: You know, who am I? It felt <laughs> like worthless." So I was like, "Why do you want my autograph?" Right. Thank you, that means so much. Like you liked our movie. Like I didn't get any of that. I didn't know how to play that role, you know? I was happy to have a job. I was filing for unemployment on the dirty carpeted floor of the apartment with Tyler. That was my life. Was mm-hmm. Shopping at the 99 cent store before that. Just grinding, you know? You, you get the appointment, cheat, you have the script, your sides. Like, okay, that was my job, I do my job. This was my audition. Oh, I felt more connected to Angela versus, you know, in comparison to Jane. Obviously Mm. it made sense. And I had an impression of what I thought, you know, she might wear. And then that was it. That was the extent. And then all of a sudden I had a job and it was great, but I didn't understand any of that. Thank God I had it. it was the outlet that I needed at least to just get away <laughs> for the daytime.
0: Let t- tell me about the moment you got the call that said you got American Pie.
1: Well I remember when I left the audition um, for American Pie and they asked me oh by the way do you sing and um, I was so excited to answer because I had been in the choir uh, when I had gone to Ashley Hall in, um, in Charleston before coming out to LA. So um, it just felt like very special and beautiful to kind of talk about myself like that. Um, but again, I didn't really understand all of that. I was happy to have a job and it, was, and, and it was fun to be working with people that were my same age, but I just couldn't relate. None of, none of that I could relate to um, yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't able to enjoy it in the way that I would have hoped to then if I were to look Mm. back.
0: Do you remember having joyful moments though?
1: Yes, definitely. Mm. Um, definitely because I mean, that relationship that I had, especially on American Pie with with Chris and I mean, I was like living this like perfect relationship. Yeah. I always sort of said that American Pie like gave me my high school experience, you know. Mine was everything but that.
0: And what do you remember about when you got the call about American Beauty?
1: I don't remember getting the call about it.
0: Mm.
1: Because again, it's important to understand I probably don't remember getting that call because I hadn't considered that as the be all end all or the most important thing for me in my life. I didn't understand what that meant then. Um, I didn't hold space for my feelings then. I didn't know what those were. I didn't, you know i couldn't be at home anymore i knew that much and i'd put whatever you know up my nose or whatever i knew that much and then at, by this time i'd ended up with tyler so I wasn't really thinking in this space that i feel like consistently it keeps trying to be applied to me it was like how i must have read american Beauty, and i must have like known you know and right. um I understand all of that. I mean, uh, it just wasn't the case because it just was... The case was my life was so completely different and removed from all of that. Um, and, And it really was such a saving grace by having it.
0: Now we're going to take a short break, but when we return, I ask Savari if she's finally happy. Plus, she offers some advice for young people starting out in Hollywood today. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Here's more of my chat with Mina Savari. What's your advice for young women starting in the business? But I realize it's not even young women to girls starting off in the business.
1: Any person, anyone. Yeah. Anyone in any walk of life. <laughs> like, um, It's just important to know that you're not alone. And yeah, I just didn't see anything more for myself out there, you know, and you just you shortchange yourself, you sacrifice yourself. And um, there was so much of that, that I learned that I did to myself, needlessly. Um, right? Is was a way that I had regarded myself.
0: would you seem, I mean, I don't wanna say you seem at peace. I'm going back to the book title. <laughs> I'm, closer,
1: you, to it, I'm closer, closer to it. i closer to it. Because I, I, I was asked this earlier, and I think if anything, when I entitled it that, that it was something I hoped for. It was like something, like a goal, you know, the great peace, right? I mean, I could finally be at peace.
0: But did you, have, did you ever think you'd be able to talk about what you're talking about right now with a smile on your face in a way?
1: No, I don't think I ever would have been able to talk at all. Because I talk about that in the book as well, how I even yeah. therapy lying. Yeah. I mean, I'm paying you like $200 <laughs> an hour and I'm just like pretending. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty messed up. When you get to that yeah. point, you realize that like the therapy, like it's, it's almost worse when you're like aware of your trauma. Like you're still <laughs> behaving that way. And I was thinking, Oh my God, like, Like who does that? But I did that because that was also like how I lost myself then. I got into therapy when I was with Robert, but I was also famous. So I didn't know how to like, you know, I couldn't do that. Mm. That wasn't lining up with my image of fame. So we can't talk about that stuff.
0: Even in therapy.
1: No. And then I talk about with Seagal, my girlfriend, how i like kind of got there, but it was just like, like I couldn't, words weren't there. Yeah. So that's why this is just sort of like, okay. And then I, there's just a, there's a healing that comes out of it I and mean, you just writing it out. Yeah. The moment I talk about with Sal, it was just like, ugh. You know, so yeah, I'm closer to it because it's like energetically I don't want it in my body anymore. I've lost like eons (laughs) like over these people and these moments. I'd rather do something different with it. Like, you know, my pillow doesn't care anymore. You know, the walls don't care anymore. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what am I going to do with it? And, um, Maybe that's just, yeah, it exhibited, it, it manifested this way because it was truly out of me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what? And, and I love... Maybe I did it to such an extent that it was the most powerful release, right? Instead of just sharing it with my friends, I shared it with the world.
0: But there's, pa- there's so much power in that. There's so much power in, in living your truth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that for me. And that's why I, I know that you get that. It's important for, for me to communicate that because that's simply like the basis of all of this. Because um, I never thought I'd write a book. It's not like I'm like, yeah, you know, read my book. And people tell me, I'm going to read your book. And I'm like, please don't. You know, it's like, you might get embarrassed about it, you know. <laughs> um, but I try not to sit with that too long of wondering why I did it right. or what's it gonna mean? Because I try to go back to why it first came out of me. And it was because I just had to, because I had that desire to live my life authentically and feel transparent and why not? Because I feel like that's why we're here. It was like, I was still suffering alone. I don't know. And I didn't want to allow myself to do that. Mm. Yeah. I've always said that if I could, gave off a summer of suffering for someone, then I wanted to do that, right? If I could mm-hmm. be that person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love when you say um, that you 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 thank thank your 16 year old self for helping uh, or your 16 year old self for helping her understand that the terrible pain she suffered was her greatest gift. What do you there there are people who are not going to understand that pain could be a gift. Could you explain that?
1: Yeah, and I still don't understand that. It takes a lot of work. To yeah. It that way. A lot of work. I don't like the word forgiveness. Mm. And I don't really know how to use it. Yeah. Figuring out how to apply that one takes a lot of work. Mm. It's not easy. Um, but that's a choice. It can be a choice. And that in and of itself is empowering. Mm. You know, so. Um, yeah, so I tried to live in that space um, of meaning well, right? No more harm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no so more harm you... for anyone, and that's why, yeah. like, yes, I've been inspired by everything that's like come to be And you know these last. I mean,
0: you years. married a you married a man with the last name Hope.
1: You know, that's why I try to bring in all the magic because it's been there for so long in my life. And right. so, yeah, I mean, that to me, I've always said is my greatest relationship. It's what I refer to as the universe, you know, however right. you want to refer to it. And I guess I just, I share those moments to show what I believe is a, is a communication that we have. So again, you're not alone. Again, we're not alone, right? Mm-hmm. There were times where I, I talked about in the book, you know, after my first husband, you know, surprised me at my house and dropped trash off and I had nothing and, and I just fell to my knees, you know, looking up, thinking, you know, just literally saying out loud, I know that I have a lot of lessons to learn, but while at once. Pace them out. Mm -hmm. Pace them out a little.
0: What would you say to little Mina now if you could go back in time?
1: Oh gosh, so many things. I think um, that it's okay to hold on, just to listen. So much of it was that I felt like nobody would listen to me. and that was just sort of like a slow process of decline where then I just felt like, well, you no, know, no one's going to listen, right? So why talk? Um, yeah, just being there in presence and um, offering words of encouragement, yeah.
0: Do you think if the Me Too and or Time's Up movements weren't sparked that you would have written this book? Or did you not. need that? probably
1: not yeah it's definitely a part of it huge part of it yeah um yeah i mean just my own experience uh with that was just that i learned that um that there are I learned that I could hold space for myself, right? That I was allowed to talk about those things, that I was allowed to consider them in the way that I do. Like I didn't, you know, again, I thought that like maybe I deserved those things, or I brought them on, or it was my fault, or that's just how things were. That's all I was good for.
0: how how do you get over being angry? (laughs)
1: Uh, Good uh, question. (laughs)
0: Because it's not easy. It's, you know, listen, you know, everything we, I know this sounds real, you know, hokey pokey, whatever, but it's like we do this thing called life. It's our journey. Like right now, I'm the happiest I've ever been.
1: I love that.
0: Like just, I, I am a habit, you know, that doesn't mean life is great. It doesn't mean bad things don't happen, of course. Yeah. But what I realized for me to get to the place where I am now, I had to go through all that shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, yeah, and I had to also, it makes me think of how I had to let go of this complete idea of perfection mm. that I had come up with along the way. And that held what, me back a lot.
0: What do you mean?
1: I just got so stuck in comparison all the time. And it's funny because even like looking back or editing the book and rereading it, I use the word normal so much. Mm. You know, constantly like thinking I was something separate from this.
0: But you were never even given a chance of what normal would, what, I don't even know what the word normal means, really. Exactly,
1: you, it doesn't exist. I mean, every, that's my point. And that's why... I am grateful for my journey, right? Mm. And that I had to let go of that. Like that was just, it was just haunting me and causing me to continuously suffer. I wasn't allowing mm. myself to have that story or have that path.
0: And realize that, God, we sound so like so California, but it's just, <laughs> we're we, you know, life comes with suffering. No, yeah. no, no one walks through life going from point A to point B in one yeah. glorious red carpet.
1: There's a, there's a comedian that he had this special, I can't remember who it was, I think it was on Netflix, and he walks out and the first thing he says, he's like, so, life is suffering and the ego's an illusion. And I was like, yes, I was just <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the whole audience is just like, oh my God, like you just like ruined their lives, you know? Just like, yeah, the- so everything's like, you know, an illusion.
0: But how much better does it feel going back to your book and living your truth when two people come together and realize like, oh, that's right, it is an illusion. It's such bullshit, this idea of normal and perfection. And when you have another person who realizes that with you, like you could breathe. Mm
1: -hmm. God,
0: I sound so Cali. Thank you for coming to the California TED Talk.
1: No, I, (laughs) yeah. I completely agree. I completely agree. It puts things into perspective.
0: Yeah. That's
1: what and, it is for me. And it definitely. shows
0: and it shows you, oh, it's not only me. We so yeah. walk around. Yeah. So many of us yeah. walk around thinking it's only me. Yeah. You know, and you know what I learned in recovery and the pro, you know, the programs of recovery is, you know, we're constantly comparing our insides to someone's
1: outsides. Yeah.
0: And it will destroy you.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's what it did. That's what it did. And I was just, you know, I was just like marinating. I was on simmer on that one forever. (laughs) Forever. Yeah. And and how sad. Because yes, now I can look back. And I mean, those moments were, were just, they'll always be different for me back then because I was mm. just in a different place. I couldn't appreciate them or understand them because I was still like caught up in that. And that's not the answer anybody wants. Right? right. right? So that's always yeah. with that too. And that's where I was at. It was like, I had to like offer up what they wanted to hear. So even mm. then I'm not given enough space. Even <laughs> then I have to keep hiding.
0: And then... You have to offer up things that people wanted to hear. You're you've haven't, you have like this much life experience. You have no life experience to even understand what I'm what you're supposed to be giving. I I don't, I'm probably going a little weird here, but
1: like you just. Oh, no I, agree. no, I agree with you. I mean, they probably wanted me to reflect on American beauty or, you know, right. all of this, like, deconstruction in a way that I didn't get at the time because I was happy to have a job. And that's what I mean. Right. I had, I was playing this role.
0: Because other people then. are, people are looking at it. You're saying, I was just happy to have a job. Other people are probably looking like, oh, look at you. You're so lucky to be. Yeah, and I think that's why, like,
1: again, like when you talk about Britney Spears or, you know, whatnot, I mean, it's like, I felt like with me, did, Like no one noticed. Why? Because I didn't, you know, shave my head. Right. Or I didn't do something like, you know, so that, that was also part of it. And, and, and I got exhausted keeping up appearances, you know?
0: It's it's exhausting.
1: I just kept going and nobody noticed and nobody asked because everything looked perfect. You know? So you just kind of keep going.
0: (laughs) And then you write a book like this and people are flipping the pages going, whoa.
1: Yeah, and I I knew all that was going on the whole time. Right. But I couldn't, that's what I mean. I had nothing to add to the mix. It, it just to everyone else, it was like, wow, you were so talented as Angela. We're like, wow, oh, you were in that movie Spun where you played a meth addict. i like, you were really good in that. It's just like, I couldn't talk about any of that. Just sort of like, thanks, you know, like, great. like. But I knew why. I knew why I was connected to that material, you know? And it would have been lovely to have conversations (laughs) around it, but that wasn't the time to do that either, right? Right. (laughs) It was just sort of like, you know, I, I tried to offer all of that up. Like even in the beginning, when I first started modeling again in Charleston, you know, being dressed up and I'm 12 years old and the, all i hear is she looks 18.
0: What well goes to your head, man?
1: That's what you want. Oh, okay. Not i, I was them- acknowledged for anything else. Like i you know, i just didn't like, talk about how i like just got my period before this person took my virginity. Like i just <laughs> It was like just trying to like, like life, where am I? You know? What's this place all about? And it was just like ripped from me. It was like just, you know, and then you're just sort of like mm. alone there, like, wait, where did everyone go? And what happened? So I so just my- I just picked up and I just started to perform. It was like, okay, let's go into that mode. And so my I took la- that card. It was like that's mm. the card, and yeah, you want that? Oh, here you go. It's always like the same thing.
0: So my last question for you is, how are you today?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it's strange time because now I'm talking about my life and the books coming out, and it's like ah, but um, but it's good ultimately, and it's beautiful, and I feel happy and it's it's wonderful to have conversations like this, to meet people like you and to hear your story. I mean, that that's everything to me because I feel like that's why we're here, right? I have gone to that place of like really seeing what this is about. And I try well, to hold that perspective as much as possible, right? Well, it's about fame or any of these other, right? It's mm-hmm. me as a human being and so, These are the moments that I love, that I live off of.
0: I mean, you write it in your book. I've come to believe that the most important thing we can do with one another is shape our experiences and try to help and teach, uh, share our experiences and try to help and teach and inspire one another.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just talked about how you learned how you weren't alone, right? I mean, you wouldn't have discovered that if someone else hadn't shared. You know, it's not going to get us anywhere if we just stay quiet and, you know, you know, I'm following in the footsteps. I just hope that we can have more conversations about this. And it's not like I have any of those answers or this work is done for me. I'm just sharing it. And I'm feeling like, if anything, they're common you know, commonalities, right? Like, and look, and I'm offering that up and let's discuss that. It's interesting to me when people then share with me how a lot of what I shared is um, is is uh, are those common themes. It's fascinating to me, but it's so heartbreaking too, right? Because again, I thought that I was individual in those experiences. So I think we only really change that by addressing it, right?
0: Well, your book is going to help people do that. Thank you so much, Mina. This is great. Thank you.
1: so lovely talking.
0: Yeah, this is wonderful. That was Mina Savari. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mark Malkin. And for all your up-to-the-minute Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you next time.